Jake Elton, and we're here to talk, we're here to talk about what's really going on in the world, what does the Bible really say, and how are we as Christians supposed to live in this modern world. Uh, We just finished up a series talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and with that, we're going to transition into talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and just kind of lists some things that uh, we, as those filled with the Spirit, are able to tap into that Jesus has given us. Uh, He said you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you in Acts chapter number 1. And this is some examples of what that power can be. You have gifts of knowledge, gifts of wisdom, uh, and several other things that I will touch on throughout this episode. Uh, This is more of an overview, more of a how-to, more of an intro to spiritual gifts. We're going to get way deeper. Uh, This series could go on for a while, but for now, I hope that you will tune in, hope that you will listen. I am going to be doing this solo today. Uh, Co-hosts are still enjoying their time with the newborn baby, so for now, I hope that you will listen in and listen as we talk about spiritual gifts and also about how spiritual gifts of a necessity are tied to unity and love. So, it's just me again this time. I don't know if we have anyone on our live feed quite yet, but... Uh, If you are, hello. It is good to be with you all. Uh, Once again, yes, just me. Another solo outing. (laughs) Bethany and Texas are still getting acclimated to life with a baby. So, figured I would let them enjoy their... um, one of their first real days alone, their first real normal days alone with Mr. Corbin Alexander tonight as I uh, decide, as I kick off our series that we are about to get into, we are going to be discussing over the course of the next uh, however long it takes to get finished uh, amount of episodes. Uh, we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Who knows, maybe as this episode goes, I'll come up with some clever title. But for now, I'm just calling today the Intro to Spiritual Gifts, Intro to Gifts of the Spirit. this moment, I've not got any catchy title in mind. Uh, like... I ended up talking about being spirit-led for our title of the Fruits of the Spirit section. But right now, we're just talking about 
spiritual gifts and what are spiritual gifts what exactly is that well 1 Corinthians 12 starts by saying now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I would not have you ignorant you know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, starting in verse 4 here. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So, right now, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church and he's just saying, there are gifts that the Spirit gives. And at this point, he's like, look, I know you guys have no idea about anything right now. You guys are just like any other uh, Gentile that's out there in the world. A Gentile, of course, being people that were not uh, the Gentiles, were those people that were your average people out in the world. They had no Jewish background. They had no background to lead them to the God that we know. And... They're just ordinary worshipers of, as Paul puts it, dumb idols. He said, so I have to tell you in a way that you'll understand that no one that has the Spirit of God is going to be calling Jesus accursed. So first up, you will never operate in the Holy Ghost and speak against Jesus. Because Jesus and the Holy Ghost are one. There is one God. Um, as Paul goes on to say. There are diversities of gifts. But it's all the same spirit. Like everyone that gets filled with the Holy Ghost. May show that they have the Holy Ghost in their everyday life in a different way. But it's all the same God. There are different ministries that he's going to call them to. Differences of administration. But it's all the same God. And there are different ways they're going to operate. But it is the same God working in all of them. This same spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So what's this Holy Ghost? That's... What was poured out on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. They were all in one place. And then they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Which, as you'll notice as we go on here, the gift of tongues is actually one of these spiritual gifts that it gives out. But... The gift of tongues is different than the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. 
and we will get into way more explanation of that in a later episode that will be specifically about that. Right now, today is going to be a quick overview where I'm going to try and hit some high points uh, so that we can come back later and talk about these in a much better way. But today is just going to try to answer the question, what are spiritual gifts and what are the spiritual gifts that 1 Corinthians 12 talks about? Spiritual gifts, what it says here, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So, given to every man to profit with all. Everybody that's filled with the Holy Ghost is meant to be given some spiritual gift. It's given to every man. Why? To profit with all. It's given to every man to make the church better. It's given to each individual person to make the whole church better. God wants you to make your church better. Uh, recently, Pastor was preaching a message talking about how God gave us all talents. God gave us all gifts. And these, uh, this message really wasn't really touching on this idea of these special spiritual powers given that with the Holy Ghost. It was just talking about the fact that some people are born and it just seems that they're better at understanding stories. Some people are born and it just seems that they're better at writing songs. Some people are born and they just seem to be able to write books. Some people are born and they just have some innate understanding of computers. Some people are born and they just somehow, some way can just touch a piano, touch a guitar, and just make it make the most beautiful music that there is. They don't even need notes, uh, and they barely even need lessons. They just go in there and go at it and go crazy. God gave that person a gift, and it's not even spiritual, it's just physical. And that is with your natural birth. But Jesus said in John chapter 3 that you must be born again of the Spirit. He said, except a man be born again of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, there is a reason that you were born for the first time. But there also is a reason that you were born again. Uh, there's a guy I listen to by the name of Ken Coleman. He claims that you have a sweet spot for your perfect career. And that is at the intersection of what you love to do most and what you are the best at. What you love to do most and what you're most skilled at doing. That is your sweet spot in Ken Coleman's terminology. And he's like, for example... Um, you love to play music, 
and you're great at explaining things, your sweet spot could be teaching piano to kids or something like that. But there is also uh, something he doesn't touch on, but when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're born again and you have a new purpose, a new thing that you've been put in this world to do. Uh, there's a new level. God will give you a gift. God will give you a spiritual gift and you'll have a spiritual sweet spot, so it may be put. Who do you feel called to help? What do you feel like you're needing to be doing? And what is God giving you the ability to do? Now, these spiritual gifts are a little bit different. They're not just ministries. And we can even touch on to ministries as we even go further into this. It will kind of touch on that. But let me just tell you what there is put here. Your These gifts are not meant to help you. They're meant to help the world. They're meant to help the church minister better. They're here to help the church grow. They're here to help the church build each other up. Four to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge, and this is by the same Spirit. This is by the same Holy Ghost that filled your pastor, and the same Holy Ghost that filled you, and the same Holy Ghost that fills the person in the pew next to you. This same spirit, it's giving one of you a word of wisdom and another one the word of knowledge. What's the difference in wisdom and knowledge? What's the difference in wisdom and the difference in knowledge? Knowledge is more about how to. Wisdom is more about why to. <laughs> wisdom is about motivation. Wisdom is about understanding. And knowledge is more technical. Wisdom tells you that person's not good for you. Knowledge tells you here's how to get away from that person. Wisdom will tell you, you know, that's really not the calling of God. That's not God telling you, talking to you there. And knowledge will tell you, here's details about what's really going on with that situation. And it's just a word. It's not something that's going to stick with you all the time necessarily. You may not be walking in this 24-7. That you're just going to walk in a room and I always know everyone's little details of every business. It's not, it's not spiritual mind reading going on with this uh, word of knowledge or word of wisdom. It's, it is God speaking to you from time to time. To profit with all. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same spirit. Faith. I mean we kind of touched on faith in this whole. Um, uh, in, in our previous series talking about the fruit of the spirit. But faith by the same spirit. Faith. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But this is supernatural gifting of faith. And it's a gift of faith. It's almost like you can use this faith to help someone else, not just you. And you, you hear often about preachers operating in a gift of faith. They'll lead services and they'll come up and they'll speak over to congregation and like a 
Brother Jack Cunningham did at Youth Congress 2019 when he stood up and said, By the authority of the Word of God and the power that's in the name Jesus, I speak that every infirmity and every sickness in this place would be healed right now and that everyone would be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. And unleashed a room full of 37,000 teenagers and young adults to go and share that same gift of faith with everyone else that was in that room. That's the gift of faith. But to another, the gift of healing. And the gift of healing isn't something that's necessarily giving someone else the authority to do the work. It's more, lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Then to another, the working of miracles. And miracles is very similar to gifts of healing, but it's not necessarily healing. It may be the stories like I've heard of laying your hands on a car. And suddenly it may not have an engine on it, but it works. That story really happened. Someone had their engine stolen. They hop in the car, crank it, and drive away. That's a working of miracles right there. That's that's a gift of the Spirit. (laughs) And those stories are real. I'm not making these things up. There are... Real stories that make no sense outside of the working of the power of Jesus. To another prophecy. We have entire books in the Bible about prophecy where prophets got up and spoke and told things that were not yet as though they were. God speaks to people and tells them things that they have no way of knowing Things that won't happen for 50 years, 20 years, 5 weeks, or 500 years. There are some prophecies spoken in the, that were spoken in the Word of God that didn't happen for 2,000 or even 6,000 years. But nonetheless, if it is spoken by the Spirit of God, it will come to pass. And that gift can only come through the power of the Holy Ghost. And having the gift of prophecy does not mean that one is a prophet necessarily. It just means that in this moment, God has given them the authority to work in the gift of prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. That means that this person knows by the power of God what devil they're dealing with. Are we dealing with depression or anxiety? Are we dealing with just someone's human spirit or are we dealing with the devil? Are we dealing with possession or oppression? Are we dealing with Jezebel, Antichrist spirit? Are we dealing with spirits of lying or spirits of jealousy? What spirit is attacking someone? What are they dealing with? All these things could be answered if someone has a gift of discerning of spirits. And then to another, diverse kinds of tongues. This is different than speaking in other tongues. Everyone that is filled with the Holy Ghost will speak with other tongues. This happened in all, every time someone was filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, they spoke with other tongues. But, The gift 
of diverse kinds of tongues is different. And when you hear it happen, you will know that it is different. They will speak with some tongue that is unusual even for them when they normally speak in tongues. It's not anything general, and they very likely don't know what they're saying. There are people who speak with tongues and they know what they're saying. They're still in the realm of understanding, but this is the Spirit speaking through them in another language and will be paired most of the time with someone who understands it to another, the interpretation of tongues. This is when that doctrine of unless there be someone to interpret comes in, and it is when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And most of the time, though, when God moves on someone to speak with this diverse kinds of tongues, they may not know who the interpreter be. They will not know who the interpreter will be. Unless God has told them. But they, they don't necessarily know that. But they can trust that God is ministering to the church even if I don't know how it's happening. All these work that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. This kind of brings us back to that uh, parable of the uh, master that gave his servants talents. You see, he gave one man one talent. He gave another man two talents. He gave another man five talents. So, so not everyone is going to operate in every single the gift, gift of the Spirit, and especially not in every single service, every single day. And it's not for his profit even if he does. It is for the profit of the body of Christ. Um, and then we kind of get into, after this, Paul goes into a discussion about unity. And that is really critical to what he's talking about here. The body is one and has many members. All the members of the one body, being many, are one body. And so also is Christ. For all by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free. And we've all been made to drink into one spirit. The Holy Ghost was poured out for one spirit, for one body. The body's not one member, but many. If the foot says, I'm not the hand, so I'm not of the body. Is it not of the body? No! If the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would it hear? If the whole body were hearing, how would it smell? But God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. If they were all one member, where would be the body? But now, are they many members yet, but one body? I uh, recently taught a lesson in our Sunday school class from these very same verses. And there was a story in the book where it kind of put this in a more uh, interesting perspective. It said, imagine you're in a busy city street and you wave down a taxi cab. The taxi pulls up to the street. You go to reach for the door and suddenly your hand just won't move. It just refuses to 
grab the door handle so that you can open the door. And you're like, what's going on? Am I having a stroke? What What's happening here? Am I going crazy? And then your hand just turns around and starts talking to you and says, I, you've been telling me what to do all day long and I just don't want to do it anymore. First of all, that's crazy. That, that sounds like uh, you're probably on drugs if that actually happens to you. That's, that's not a normal event. That's not a normal occurrence. But that is this picture that Paul is painting in here. He said, your, uh, your foot's saying, you know what? I don't get to grab stuff like a hand, so I don't want to be part of this body anymore. That doesn't make sense. That's crazy. The purpose of a foot is to walk on. If your hand's saying, you know what? I don't get to hear anything. I don't get to taste any of the food that I put in the mouth. Um, so I'm just done. That's crazy. The purpose of the hand is to hold stuff. It's so that you can hold your spoon. It's so that you can hold your watermelon slice. It's so that you can hold your, it's so that you can type out your text that you're sending to your friends. That's the purpose of a hand. If your ear says, because I'm not the eye, I don't get to see anything. All I get to hear is people's annoying voices and I get to hear people smacking and chewing and it's gross and I really just want to see some stuff every once in a while. That makes no sense. That's crazy talk. God gave the whole body a purpose. There, but at the same time, if the whole body were just an eye... Well, that's useless too. If the whole body were just a foot, that's useless. If they were all one member, how would there be a body anymore? There are many members, but one body. We don't need the whole church speaking in tongues and no one interpreting. We don't need the whole church having faith, but no one working the miracles or the healing to go with the faith. And we don't need the whole church speaking out words of knowledge, but no wisdom to go with the knowledge. We, uh, all of these are working through one spirit, but that one spirit is giving everyone a different job. Ideally, everyone in the church would have at least one of these gifts. Because in the end, all of these gifts would be able to operate. By the same token, you don't need to wish for a different gift. But, by the same token, uh, you don't need to tell someone you don't need their gift. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or the head to the feet, I don't need you. Much more of those members of the body which seem more feeble are necessary. In this book that where I taught the lesson to the Sunday school class, it says, How often do you think about your liver? Uh, when I asked the question, Texas actually gave an answer. When he was talking about at the time, he said, You know, uh, uh, the doctor recently said something about Corbin's liver. because The reason it was on his mind was because the doctor had pointed out the function of it. 
But at the same time, I don't know the last time I actively thought about how my bladder was doing. I don't know the last time that I actively thought about my... Um, I don't know the last time I actively thought about my esophagus or my diaphragm. Because those aren't visible bodily organs. But it's kind of the same thing. Uh, I heard someone talking um, in a recording, some comedian talking about, uh, you know, for years they really had no idea what your appendix was for. And he, he had to have it removed. And he was like, I I honestly had no idea what an appendix was at the time they told me they were going to have to remove it. He said, do you mean you're going to have to remove both of them? Um, there's only one, sir. The doctor kind of laughed at him. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Because he had no idea what his appendix really was. It's not something you actively think about. But honestly... There are now doctors who are who try to stray away from just removing your appendix like they used to just remove it all the time. Like, oh yeah, well, we, well we're going to just pull that out at some point anyway. Uh, there are some doctors that try to push to not remove the tonsils like it is a very common operation that they that you hear about people doing all the time. Because they're now realizing every part of the body is there for a reason. If we can at all avoid removing it, it might be best not to. Paul actually said it though. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, less important, upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there would be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. You notice you have an earache. Sometimes it spreads down and you kind of also feel a toothache. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. You're in the body of Christ and members in particular. See, um, every person is important. Like, I, I mentioned, you don't really think about your appendix and still it, until it starts flaring up and you've got the pain in your side and then you go into the doctor. You don't really think about your tooth until you start having a toothache. You don't really think about some particular thing. You don't think about your pinky too much until you swing a hammer and hit it. And then you think about it until it stops hurting. Every person in the body of Christ is important. And God give everyone in the body of Christ different abilities and different skills and different gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to touch on this one last section of this chapter, uh, and then I'm going to get ready to go. Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. 
And God set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. We, we kind of start talking about what we mentioned in the past as the fivefold ministry, but then he goes into talking about miracle working and gifts of healing and helps. Governments and diversities of tongues. All of these things are important. Uh, uh, that helps line there kind of makes me think of um, the people in our church that once again, like your appendix, like your liver that we talked about. There are some people you don't think about too much. Until you suddenly notice that, man, is anyone cleaning up around this church at all? You don't think about them until they stop doing it. Then you start thinking about them. You know, is anyone going to mow the yard? Uh, I mean, I started this off talking about the gifts of the Spirit, but there are some other things. These physical human talents, if we don't have those, it's going to be really hard to operate in the spiritual realm if we don't have the physical realm in action if you don't have someone starting churches it's not going to be a whole lot of help to try and operate in this church if you don't have some prophet giving direction if you don't have a teacher explaining if you don't have miracles and healings it's going to be really difficult to do all the other things. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? And do all interpret? Covet earnestly the best gifts. And this is the interesting point here. But I show you a more excellent way. And I talked about it last week, what that more excellent way was. As soon as he finishes saying, I show you a more excellent way, he says, he enters into 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter about love. And goes in and says, though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity. I'm sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and, and I have all faith, I can move mountains, but I don't have charity. I'm nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. And he concludes that chapter by saying, Now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. That is a key element. What's going to make all these gifts of the Spirit, what's going to make all these gifts and talents that God has given us work for us is love. If we don't have love, this is all worthless. That's why he goes from talking about gifts of the Spirit into talking about unity. Because uh, charity is about our love for the people outside the church and Unity is about our love for the people inside the church. 
what makes the gifts of the Spirit work, what makes our talents work for the edifying of the body of Christ is that we care about the body of Christ. We've got to care about the body of Christ. If we don't care about the body of Christ, um, well... You become as a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. You go nowhere, as the Message Bible puts, 1 Corinthians 13. You have gone nowhere. Your work is useless. Our work as a church is going to go nowhere if we don't get the love right if we don't get the unity right we've got to get those things right if we're ever going to get life right in any other way and that is the key to operating in the gifts of the spirit it's love and unity and when we get love and unity down then we can get into what these things really are and how they really work. So that will wrap up today's episode. I challenge you. Find someone you have struggled to show love to and show them love this week. Find someone that you feel like you've not been in good sync and unity with. And try to fix that gap. Because this church, our church, the church of Jesus Christ, needs to be in unity if we ever want to reach this world the way that we're supposed to. And that's what the reality is. The reality is that this church will not work if we are not one. Jesus' prayer in the garden. Let them be one even as we are one. Praise the Lord, everybody. We'll see you guys again. And uh, next time, hopefully I'll be joined by some other people. If not, I will still see you again next week.
Jesus name we love you and I pray that this would touch someone right where they are right now in a very special and a very specific way in Jesus name we love you Lord